Hey everyone, I'm your host, Stanley Genetic, and welcome to the Landscape Disruptors podcast. Landscape Disruptors is a platform that showcases top performers in the landscape and snow industry and discusses all things related to business and beyond. This is a platform for sharing advice that relates to helping landscapers build successful and well-planned out businesses of their own. Viewers can expect a variety of guest experts to talk about all functions related to business, including sales, marketing, making better equipment decisions, and a variety of other topics that will help you be a more efficient and more profitable landscape company. You can learn more about our free content at landscapedisruptors.com. Hey guys, you've heard me talk about LMN software and how they've really helped me transform my business. They've helped me dial in my numbers, and I will tell you that I believe it's the best business management software in the industry, and do they have a deal for you? Now through December, you can get their pro software, this is the best they have, plus free setup, free consultation, and it's all for free. That's a $2,000 deal. And these offers, guys, don't come around that often. So take advantage of it. The simplest thing you can do is just contact us at Landscape Disruptors by emailing us at hello at landscapedisruptors.com. Or you can send us a message on our social media channels and we'll make sure to get right back to you. But hurry, guys, because this offer is going to go away. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, you guys. We've got a brand new podcast coming at you, a brand new guest. We've got Jack Justice with us today. And the topic that we're going to be covering is zooming in like a sniper rifle with your online digital marketing. And they, because there's a lot of mm, variances that can happen. You guys have heard me talk about social media and talk about all, all of these things. And the things that guys like me do on social media doesn't help the local business. And there becomes this weird, confusing area of what do I do? Because, I mean, if you don't know social media and you don't know strategies, really what should the average business do to get the best results from their online presence and what's going to happen is we're going to talk with Jack, and he is actually writing a book called The Tree of Good Fortune. And this is specifically for guys in the green industry, but Jack's company is basically a marketing company that has now specialized in helping green industry experts really take it to the next level. Did I say that right, Jack? That's all absolutely right, Stan. Okay, well, hey, thank you for coming on today. Much appreciated uh, for you coming in here. Before we get started, can you just tell us a little bit about what your company does, and then we'll dive into the book and we'll talk about how we can, or the strategies these guys need to do for their local business. Yeah, typically, you know, landscapers come to me and they're having some challenges. Maybe their marketing isn't working the way they want it to be. They're not sure if they're getting the best ROI. And they're spending a lot of time driving around talking to the wrong fit customers, people who aren't going to buy from them. And so what I do is I help people pick their hell yes customer. That's who we really want to go for. And through the process that I've outlined in this book, The Tree of Good Fortune, establish their branding website, their sales process, and ultimately generate leads, get found through local SEO 
but also get found by employees. And that's the work that I've done with uh, small businesses for the last 12 years. And over the last four years, we've really focused in the, in the green industry, partly because I never realized my background at a garden center and plant nursery. I just enjoy landscapers. I enjoy the green industry. I got invited to speak at a show uh, about five years ago, and that led me to realize that there was an opportunity to help the green industry. What are you seeing guys make mistakes in? So with their digital marketing, what's like one? Of the, what's some of the biggest mistakes these guys are making, thinking that they're sh- going to be generating results, but maybe they're not? Well, one of the first things that you touched on was social media. I see a lot of people spending a lot of time and money on posting on Facebook, Instagram, maybe even doing Facebook advertising or Google AdWords. And often they're driving people to a, what I call a weak foundation. And in the book, I share an example of, it was a pretty big company. It was a $6 million company, but they were spending $6,000 a month on online advertising and social media. And when we did an audit of what they, what they have, we realized their website took 20 seconds to load on mobile. Okay. So, that so I, I waited. Off. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, what I'm saying is that it must be instantly turning everybody off then, right? Yeah, totally. You know, not only is it turning... So they're literally paying people to go to a slow loading website. So the foundation of digital marketing that we share in this book helps you establish things in the right order. Another problem that we see is landscapers say that they're losing on price. But what that really means is their customer doesn't understand the value that they're offering compared to somebody else. And when they don't understand your value, why would they pay you more than someone else who charges less? So a key part of branding and differentiation is getting clear on what do you actually do that, that your customers care about that make you different and better. And that's a, a key piece of this book and of the, the foundation of digital marketing. Oh, okay, I want to I wanna jump in here and add my two cents. Uh, what Jack is talking about, I think, is something that a lot of guys face. They undervalue themselves. Here's the thing. There are companies, landscaping companies out there that will go out and they'll do a bid. And let's just say it's up here. I can say it's, it's if you guys aren't watching, let's just say it's, you know, a $100,000 landscaping bid. And the next guy will come in and he'll do it, the same job, everything, but he'll come in at $80,000. Basically, all he did is he left $20,000 on on the table that never, the, he didn't have to leave, but his own self-worth wasn't there. And his, he wasn't able to justify why his price could match somebody else's price. But on top of it, why can the other company charge that premium price? Jack, can you answer that question? Well, yeah, you know, so one of, one of the reasons, you know, in that example is I, I think you got to the root of it is your your own self-worth is so important in pricing. And, you know, I mean, we all start out in business often just 
figuring it out, right? We go and do work, we get customers, they say, hey, can you do this? And we <laughs> we figure it out. And I think you have to go through a period of that in business. And after a certain point, after several years, once you've established your processes, you know what you're doing, you've got to own it and charge for the value that you're delivering. Maybe you can do things faster than somebody else, or you can do it right the first time that's worth charging for. And, it, and it's, it actually serves your customer for them to pay more to have it done well. So a lot of it, I think, is an internal thing for the business owner primarily around pricing. And I was just listening to um, the LMN podcast around LMN Capital, and they talked about some of the fear that business owners have around money and cash flow problems. And that can make you feel like, oh, I'm not worth it. And, and your customer will, will sense that. Yep. And they, they may even pay more to somebody else just because they, that other person has that sense of confidence that they're going to do it right. So I think, I think, I think you're, you're right, Stan, that a lot of it is that internal feeling. The other thing that we talk about that I found really works is not trying to sell to everyone right? And pre-qualifying people on the phone before you go out and spend all the time of creating an estimate and going through all of that. And that's, that's, that's part of the process that I recommend to landscapers is to have a, a good qualifying phone call where you're talking about things like timeline. What are your needs? Oh, when are you needing this to be completed? Um, have you hired a landscaper before? How did it go? Um, can we talk about your budget range for this, right? And when you have a hell yes customer where you're really going after selling a specific customer with a specific service and you dial in a process, that's one of the ways that you're able to get away with charging more. One of the, one of the things, Jack, I love this. Um, <laughs> the reason I like this so much is I, when you say you call it your hell yes customer, I call it my niche. Right. And we had yeah. a different niches that we got into. One was retaining walls. Another one was pool demolition. And once I had a customer that was calling me for, let's say we're going to use pool demolition. I call it a very small niche, but I also call what I would do with that customer is I would have a boilerplate sales example, a process that I would take them through a funnel. So as soon as I knew a customer was calling in about a pool removal process, I could walk them through step-by-step step exactly what we're going to do on their job site without ever meeting them, okay? So I would tell them exactly how we remove the swimming pools, that we pull a permit, and I would even say things like, I know this is going to sound stupid, but we pull a permit and not everybody does. And then I would go into a story about other companies not pulling the right permits, not getting the right information out there. And by the time I was done with this just three to five minute sales pitch, that I would know whether that customer was ready to sign on the dotted line or not. And then I would go so far as saying our prices range from six to $10,000 on average. And that depends on your accessibility. That depends on the size of the pool. That depends on what we're going to be finishing, et cetera, et cetera. So I would get it right down to the point where before I ever visited a site, I had that hell yes customer ready with a check when I showed up. And that saves me a lot of work doing, going through the waste of, I call them tire kickers. People yes. that call <laughs> up because they've got a $5,000 job and they have a $500 budget. 
Well, yeah. And so one of the things I recommend in addition to that is, is talking about pricing on your website. So you don't, you don't need to tell people a menu, but just like you just, you said, the pricing can vary from, what did you say? Six to 10,000? Yes. depending on accessibility, depending on a few different things. So so a lot of contractors will say, oh, I could never talk about pricing on my website because it depends. And then they go on and explain the things that it depends on. So what happens when you start putting ranges on your, on your website, customers feel... A, a better sense of trust with you because a lot of times they don't, they don't know how much, how, how many, how many people have ever, how many people remove a pool from their yard more than once in their life. Right. <laughs> like how, how would you know, unless you've worked in the industry? So I love that you let people know. And then also if they, if they, on that phone call, if, if you'd give them that, that range and they say, Oh, well we, we thought it was only going to be $500. You can say, "Hey, thanks so much." You know, we may not be able to help you, and you just saved yourself—I don't know—an hour of driving there, meeting with them, following up. I have one client; their proposals take them twenty hours, and that's that's a that's a huge cost. You're talking about a landscaping company's proposals take twenty hours. Yeah, it was, they- it's a com- it's a commercial landscaper. Okay. And, and they, yes, they do use LMN, but they are <laughs> maybe not. A, I think that the key though is what my point is about getting that higher budget is qualifying a bit on the phone call and then really putting your energy into selling to and serving the right customers. Instead of spending all your time and money on every, every lead that comes in, whittle it down and, and focus on what you really want. Yeah. And, you know, just I want to back this up. 20 hours on a commercial lead for a proposal is not bad at all. I mean, we're talking about some some projects will go 40, 50. I've had residential projects where I put over 20 to 30 hours in on a bid, just on the bid portion of it, because there's so many details. And especially when you get into the commercial end of it, there's so much going on and like chapters of of uh, regulations that have to be followed in one book, which actually will reference over to chapters in other books, which have to be followed. And when you're into the commercial industry, and the only reason I'm going down this pipeline is I want to paint this picture of just how much work goes into a bid in the commercial industry and how protected the actual owners and contractors are. And as subcontractors, we're not protected, right? And so sometimes mm-hmm. it does take those times and what Jack is talking about is streamlining this entire process. So you're, if you're not in the commercial industry, you're not wasting time going out and meeting up with all of these tire kickers. Because like I said, there's been many times where I've gone out to a $5,000 job and had a customer look at me after I'm done with my presentation and go, well, I thought this was going to be a $500 job. And that was, I remember that vividly the first time I, <laughs> I just said, that's not your fault. That's my fault. It, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think they're, they're, you know, back to losing on price. There's two, two reasons it happens. One is customer doesn't understand why you're different. And the second one is you're trying to sell to an unqualified lead, right? You should have weeded out that, that budget way sooner in the process. Absolutely. Absolutely. So 
in your book, The Tree of Good Fortune, you actually have this pyramid, the Landscapers Foundation of Digital Marketing. Can you go through this with us and just talk to us about what the most important steps are? Because you've got the foundational four, the strategic three, and then bonus steps. So can you start to help us understand what's going to be in this new book that you're working on for the industry? Yeah. Yeah. So, so three years ago, I published my first book, Get Found Online, The Local Business Owner's Guide to Digital Marketing. And it has the foundation of digital marketing. Since then, I've worked with dozens of landscapers and I've evolved it to the landscapers foundation of digital marketing. And, and it essentially, it helps you go in the right order of, of establishing what I call the foundational four, your branding and differentiation your website design, your local SEO, and your online reviews. Those four things need to be done together. And then you move on to the next phase is the strategic three, which is video selling, online automation, email marketing. Once you have that, then the top really, I believe, are bonus steps as in like, you don't even need to do them online advertising and social media. I created that that graphic of the pyramid because I've literally worked with hundreds of small businesses and I saw that they were coming to me often spending money up at the top on, on online advertising, social media, and then it not getting the results. And, you know, just as an example of why those foundational four need to work together. Let's pretend that your branding is really good and you are different and better than other people. Your website communicates that. You're ranking on Google and people are finding you. But when they go and read your reviews, you have a three-star average. I don't know about you, Stan, but I don't buy a three-star anything either in my personal life or for my business. And most people are the same way. So you've, you've got to build all four of those together and maintain them because your branding will evolve over time. Uh, you know, what you start out doing now may be different from what your company is doing five years from now. Hmm. Okay, so you don't, you, one of the things we got to start with is not the social media posts because those are bonus steps. You don't think that that's where the foundation of a business that's going to be able to weed out. And zoom right in on we got the bad customers zoom right in on their hot leads it doesn't start with social media it starts with your brand but what do you mean by brand so if it's so if a new company is going what, what does he mean by brand my logo the name of my company what does he actually mean by my brand yeah so branding and differentiation i group them together so branding often people think of my logo my shirts my signage my vehicle wraps i call that visual identity it's a component of branding but branding is really answering the question why are you different and better than somebody else for your specific customer and i believe that part of your brand is as much about choosing who you're going to sell to as what you're going to sell them. It's getting really clear on who am I selling? What are the steps? And it's about the experience of being a customer of your company and also an employee. So in the example of the pool building, or I'm sorry, the pool removal, if that's one of your specialties and you can communicate a process to someone in a, in a short phone call and they understand that you've done it before, they're going to see you as different and better than um, Bobcat Barry, who has watched some videos about removing pools, but hasn't done it quite yet. 
right? There, there, people want to hire somebody who's done this before and this is what you do. So part, part of the branding is, is creating what we call three reasons to buy. Three reasons to buy are, sale, are selling points. You know, one of them could be, we do exclusively pool removal. We don't do anything else. Which means that we've done this time and time again, and we're going to do it very well. The second reason people buy from us is we always pull a permit. Bobcat, Barry, and friends rarely do that, which can cost you a huge lawsuit. And the third reason to buy, I don't know, um, we fill in the, the pool with soil and it smells wonderful when we're done. I don't know. You, you, whatever the third thing is that you do, people are like, yeah, this person does, has done this. I remember the three things they told me and I'm, I'm working with them. The easiest thing, what I'm hearing you say right now, the easiest way to approach this are what is the three hardships that the customer is typically calling, calling you for on that project and you already have answers. You are, you are already familiar enough with whatever that project may be to identify what the typical three hardships are and you've already given them answers while you're pre-qualifying them and every time you hit upon a pain point that a customer has, you're taking the burden off from their shoulders mm-hmm. and giving them more confidence in your company. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and we, we always start actually with a brainstorm of what are the pains and frustrations that people have either with your industry in general or a previous vendor. And, and once you know those, yeah, you create those three reasons and then you could run the sales call in reverse of, hey, typically people come to us because they're worried that their, their current landscaper doesn't know how to pull a permit and they've never done this before and they're worried it's going to be a big mess when it's done. You know, which of those is the biggest problem for you? Oh, the permit thing because uh, my neighbor just got sued because, oh, you know, you know tell me more. Right. So, yeah, I, I love that. What are the other foundations that the guys, what's the next one that the guys should talk about? We talked about branding and differentiation. What was the other? There's, there's four more, right? Uh, there's three more. So there's the foundational four. So once you figure out that those pain points and then your three reasons that you're different and better, you start communicating that on your website. And this gets, then now we're getting into things like photo selection. And, um, and then we start doing search engine optimization is the next one, local SEO. Um, and I recommend doing all three of those together, your branding and differentiation, your website and your local SEO. So that way you're naturally going to use the right keywords when you're talking about your brand of pool removal or landscape installation or landscape design, whatever it is. Um, you write that into the content on your website and you funnel people through the process. And the process is part of your brand that you then communicate on the website. Most landscapers have a website where you could flip uh, someone else's logo into it and the website would still work. You know, if that's your website, you have a weak brand. Now, if, 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 uh, you know, there's a branded process in there and there's three reasons that are different and you can't just plop someone else's logo in, you're starting to get on track. Hmm. Interesting. So what's then the strategic three? We've got our website developed. 
We've got we've done the local SEO. And is there any strategies to local SEO that you'd like to, to hit on, Jeff? Well, yeah, the 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 main one and the whole premise from the book is the tree of good fortune, where we build out a limb for each city and a branch for each service. So every every contractor has a limited service area that they're going to service, typically specific neighborhoods, suburbs, in some parts of the country, counties. Uh, but I've literally had clients break this down to specific, even gated neighborhoods. And you, you start by building this out. So, um, Stan, you know, so you're, I don't know, in the St. Paul, Minneapolis area. So there's Minneapolis, St. Paul. What's maybe a, a near, nearby suburb that has a decent population that you would drive to? West St. Paul. West St. Paul, right? And so that's different enough from St. Paul that people Google West St. Paul stuff, right? So you get the idea. So you would build out actual pages on your website for those areas and then off of them build out additional pages for the services. So pool removal, landscape installation, and so on. And when you do that, your website branches out and when people Google those specific areas, you can often even outrank HomeAdvisor. And what is HomeAdvisor doing? They're getting the lead and then selling it to the landscape contractor. And they're just ranking on Google, right? Often. So, so you can instead build your own website and these pages, these individual pages of your website rank very highly. And that generates... There's an, Here's the thing. There's enough people searching on Google for landscape services that you can generate between word of mouth and then what you're going to get through your website if you build out all these pages you'll get plenty of leads and you can start picking the ones you want mm. and it's true that leads take time to develop the seo takes time for the spiders inside of google's algorithm to populate that and to start to place it and then they continually update that so that's important for the owner of a website to not just build it once and let it go stagnant, but they've got to maintain that website as well. Yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons why I use the the tree metaphor. I use an apple tree because in well in the fall, uh, right? It's it the apple tree blooms every year, but you got to take care of it. It still needs to drink some water in the wintertime. You've got to take care of it, but pretty much every season you can depend on it to produce fruit. And the, the same is true with your digital presence and, and your tree can grow over time and you do need to take care of it. Um, and I go, I break it down in the book on how to do that. You know, one of the things that, that people are not often aware of is that you need to have links pointing to your website from other people's websites. So, so um, what does that mean? So let's, let's pretend that you do landscape construction, but you do not do tree service. You could link to, you could have a page on your website for your partners because you probably already refer to these people all the time anyways. And you link to Bob's tree service and you put a link to his website and then you call Bob and say, hey, Bob, could you link to my website from your website? And he's like, yeah, Stan, we refer to each other all the time. And now you both are helping each other rank higher up on Google. So that's one of the things that you can do. Just think about the actual relationships you have in real life, who would you actually refer to? Who do you refer to? And see if you can get a link. There's, but there's good links and bad links. Yeah. So, so there are, so in the book I talk about, it's called Jack's mom test. 
And I, when I look at a website, I think, would I send my mom this website? My, my mom's in her, you know, mid seventies. And if I'm worried that, you know, the website is going to like download malware to her website, it no link. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but if, if basically that's the way of doing it, you're right. You know, so an example of a bad link, if you haven't done this work would be, I don't know if there was a car wash in India and they emailed you and said, Hey, Stan, why don't we link to your website and you link to mine? And it's like, wait a second. There's no, there's no way that this relationship in real life would make sense. And that's usually when you start getting into trouble because um, people have figured out that links impact Google's ranking algorithm. So they look at the, the quality and the relevance of those links for sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so we've got the foundational four covered. What what do we do now with the strategic three? Because that's the next phase in the development of a company being able to laser in on their marketing and to be able to pre-qualify their leads. Yeah. So so when you have your foundational four dialed in, you start generating more leads. You get more phone calls, more people filling out the form. You can start to become a little pickier about the, the projects that you're going to take on. And you can leverage automation to an extent to do some of this for you. So as an example, um, I have some clients who they charge for their first appointment with the client. And not only do they charge, but you can actually schedule that online with them through their website. So again, one of the pains of hiring, have you ever tried to hire a, a contractor or a landscaper for like something you can't do, Stan? It, 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 it's awful, right? You know, getting a hold of them, <laughs> right? And I understand why people are out, they're busy, they're doing work. And now you've got all these calls and emails to take care of. So what you can do is put an online calendar on your website where people can you know, book a time with you and pay. So that would be an example of um, online automation. And I have a lot of clients all over the country doing that. Another part of the strategic three is what, you know, so you mentioned, Stan, that you have a four minute phone call with people and then they understand the process. What if you made a video one time that everyone watched before you ever talked to them and they already understood pool removal 101 and the budget? That, that could be a video. And so that's where we do things like advanced thank you pages on your website. So a thank you page, most of the time you fill out a form on a website. It says, thank you. We'll get back to you shortly. And now your customer's like, well, what does shortly mean? Is that, is that like today? Is that this week? And then, and then they go and contact somebody else. Mm -hmm. Instead, you could, you could take them to a page that has a video. And the video could be like, hey... It, it's springtime and typically we take four days to return um, emails if that's your thing. I Hopefully you don't take that long, but if that's the truth, you should tell them. Um, what'll happen next is we're gonna schedule a phone call where we're gonna, we're gonna talk with you about our process and here are the, the steps, you know, we're gonna do this, we're gonna get a permit. Um, we, charge for our, we charge for our estimates. Whatever your process is, and you have people watch a video of that, and then they automatically get other content emailed to them, like reviews, price sheets. That's what the strategic three is. But in order to be able to do that, again, you have to pick a hell yes customer, and 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 you have to like decide who who you're going to be selling to. Hmm. Okay. So we've got 
you've got it automated, you've got your video set, email marketing. Tell me a little bit about email marketing because this is part of the, the pyramid that you talk about is your strategic three. Yeah, the, so email is in the strate strategic three because one of the best opportunities in running a landscape company is upsells or cross-sells. So let's pretend that you sell a client on landscape design and installation, but they have not yet bought uh, maintenance from you. If you have if you have a nice CRM, I, I don't know if you know of any, but if you're if you have this organized in your database, you could send an email to landscape maintenance or landscape installation clients who are not yet maintenance clients. And you could send them an email today that says, you know, first name, fall cleanup. Hey Stan, we're currently scheduling fall cleanups. Uh, we we only have 10 spots on our schedule. Let us know if you're interested, right? And you could automatically send that out, get a response and upsell those customers to maybe a one-time cleanup and maybe maybe then offer maintenance to them kind of thing. So email, I really think email can only work though if you have your database organized with, with the life cycle stages and the services people have bought. But then if you do, it's, it's so inexpensive to send an email to your existing customers. Or let's pretend that you acquire an irrigation company. Subject line, irrigation. Hey, Stan, wanted to let you know we now offer irrigation services. You know, reply if you're interested. Okay. So, so I'm a one of the things <laughs> we're talking about is definitely building out an email list. And yeah. You can leverage that list for free because this is your list of either past clients or future potential clients that you can hit up for services uh, and it doesn't cost you anything. We're not even talking about the cost of a postage stamp. It's you, you format one email and then you, you hit the send button and you can put that out to 1,500 or 15,000 people, however many people are on your email list. Well, yeah. And, and um, the other thing that I, you know, so I talk about in the book about building digital assets that you can sell. So your Facebook following, you don't own that. Facebook owns that. Your Instagram following, you don't own that. Facebook doesn't like something you post, great, you're removed. Um, you do own your email list, right? And that's something that you that adds value to a potential buyer of your business. Hey, not only do we have all of this equipment, but here's our client list. And here's 100 clients who haven't bought patios yet that are current maintenance clients. Oh, Okay, great. We're gonna, you know, there's that that adds value to somebody else. Yep, absolutely. There's, I mean, there's a lot of value in building an authentic email list, but I don't recommend. I personally don't recommend buying an email. Oh no, no, no. Forget that. Yeah. So there's yeah a couple things that you don't want to do is one of them is buying an email list from, from, from anyone, but I'm talking about maintaining actual customer database. And I would absolutely focus on building your, your own database over building a social media following if you're a service company. Um, and surprisingly, you know, a lot of, a lot of even I have I have clients who are multi-million dollar companies and they're, they don't have an email address for every customer, believe it or not you know and and typically those companies are also doing things that really irritate their customers like mailing them invoices or requiring them to call the office to pay over the phone and then 
Susan isn't available. So now what does your customer do, right? So there's a lot of these things that are just, it makes it easier for your customer. Um, and it goes hand in hand with having a, a good quality database. And so now that you've got the foundational four and the strategic three in place, we are talking about the bonus steps, which is where a lot of companies think they they started the bonus steps without having everything else in place for them. Mm -hmm. What are those bonus steps? So the bonus steps after you've established your foundational four and strategic three are online advertising and social media. Now, online advertising, you know, it can work really well. The, the, the good news about online advertising is you can turn it on. And then when you, you want, you can turn it off. Whereas SEO, what we're talking about, this is that's more of a multi-year ongoing, like it's just, it just, it's like exercise. Like you, you can't really stop exercising and maintain your level of fitness. You got to keep going. Online advertising is like, Great. But I think what people don't realize about online, online advertising is that to do it well requires a, it's, it's a skilled trade. It's a digital skilled trade. And you're going to need to pay someone. You're, one, you're going to need to pay somebody to do the advertising and you need to then pay Facebook and Google or House or whatever. So, it it can it can end up being a lot more expensive and it all it also takes time to dial in i'll share that i've i've spent over $100,000 on facebook advertising and it took a while to get it dialed in i've quit doing that partly for ethical reasons that i talk about in the book there are other reasons why i i i put them in the bonus steps um but those aside I think it's easy to spend a lot of time and money on online advertising and not get a result. And then with Facebook, let's just pretend that you're like an average small business. You would be lucky to have 150 people like your business page. Facebook's organic reach, which is the number of people that would see a post if you're not paying them for advertising, is less than 5%. It's 5% on the high end. So let's just pretend that it was 10%, okay? That would be 15 people. That includes you, your mom, uh, you know, some of your employees, your spouse. Okay, so may maybe if you're lucky, I don't know, nine people would see your posts, right? And what are the chances that they're interested in landscaping right now? Uh, this this doesn't mean that you shouldn't be on Facebook and that you sh you you can't generate value. And I do I do share interviews with people who are doing it and getting value and getting results. But the key is they're producing their own content. They're they're out there making video on their phone. They're really hustling. They're putting in like hours a day yeah. to get that result. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just going to outsource this to. Oh, my website hosting company said they can do social media. What do they know about the green industry? How are they promoting it? Are, are they advertising it? And if, if not, the chance of a real human even seeing your posts is very small. Uh, that's so true. I mean, when you really think about it, you talk about the companies that are crushing it on these different social media platforms. It's because that's part of their job, right? Uh, you know, the guys that are really crushing it actually work it as if it's part of their day, their nine to five, just as much as doing the installs oftentimes. 
For sure. Well, and and one person that I do want to point out who is doing it really well is somebody named Dr. Dex, and he's actually in Minnesota. Do you know Dr. Dex? No. Well, check him out. He he has a huge Instagram following, um, but he spends three to four hours a day doing it. And yes, he gets a ton of leads from it, but he's also sponsored now and or maybe he's not. I'm not sure. He, I mean, he, he, he has like a brand, an online brand that's beyond just the local business. So he's doing a great job. Um, I have some garden centers. I think it's super, it's way more relevant if you're a retail business. Like if you're a garden center, nursery, social media, for sure. If you're a landscaper, like, you know, you know how you're going to get leads from Facebook is people are going to be in a neighborhood group and they're going to say, hey, who do you know who does patios? And that's where your reputation comes into play. Oh, I've hired Stan and they tag Stan's business page and you have some reviews there. You have some photos. You've got the basics. Yep. You're gold. All right. So if people want to get their hands on this book or learn more from you, Jack, what's the next steps? What do they got to do? Well, so we've we've just finished the book and um, we're selling it exclusively at treeofgoodfortune.com. So I'd love to send you all a copy of it there. It's only 10 bucks. We just ask that you pay for the shipping and uh, printing cost. I did also, Stan, record a video book and an audio book. So I know a lot of people, I love audio books and I love podcasts. Um, and I know I, I wanted to create this in a way that you know, a lot of the people who need, need to read this are really busy. They're overwhelmed and they're exhausted at the end of the day. So the video book is something that you can literally download to your phone. Don't watch the video while you're driving, but you can listen to it, right? You can put this on in your car, listen to it, get the information. It has real stories, real video stories edited into it. So you might be like, who is this guy? Is he full of it? Well, I don't know. Listen to the stories of real landscapers in the book and let me know. Where would tree of good. Uh, so you can get all of that um, at treeofgoodfortune.com. Okay. And then I understand the book is coming out soon, right? Congratulations yeah. on that. Second. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I'm not sure what, what date this show's coming out. We're, we're, we're officially launching it on October 20th. I uh, wanted to, to release it this fall because I know a lot of landscapers spend the fall and wintertime studying, getting their business together, making strategic changes. And this, this book will inspire a lot of ideas for you and tactics. Perfect. Jack, thanks for your time today. Much appreciated. So you guys go check it out. I've got, a, I've got one of the chapters right here in front of me. Good stuff, you guys. That's all I got for you on today's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, you guys, God bless and go get them. Jack, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Stan. It's been a real pleasure. And uh, thanks for having me as a guest. All right. Thanks, guys, for tuning in today. And make sure you come back next week. We've got more expert landscape business advice coming down the pipeline. Once again, a huge shout out to LMN Software for sponsoring this podcast and making this all happen. LMN is the most comprehensive landscape business management software in the industry. It's the true do-it-all tool for your landscape business and provides a platform to scale your company to the next level. And the best part about LMN is they have a free version which you can begin using today. Just visit golmn.com backslash disruptors. You guys can start taking advantage of the software that I've been using to help me 
create a successful, sustainable, and profitable company. That's golmn.com backslash disruptors. Thanks again, everyone, and see you next week.